This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Good morning once again, church. Aren't you excited to be in the house of God? I'm so excited to see you this morning. It's great to see you. Thank you for coming to spend this Sunday with me. <laughs> Bless you guys. It's good to be together. Well, this morning we're going to stand up and pray before we get into the Word, so won't you do that? And as you are standing, I want to take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for the great privilege I have of being able to share the Word of God with you. I honor them. They are great leaders. They've taught us the truth of God's Word, and I just want to say we love and appreciate them. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's pray this morning. Wonderful Father, as we come together as your family today, we come to seek your direction and your will for our life. And Lord, we remind ourselves that without you, we can do nothing. So we thank you that you are here. You are in our lives to lead us and guide us. And this morning, Lord, my prayer for every person is that their ears are open to hear your word. Their hearts would receive it so that their lives can change as a result of it. And I thank you, Father, that you will bless every person, that they would walk out here different from the way they came in. Father, I do not trust in my own ability, but I totally depend upon you to come and have your way. Thank you that you speak through me today. This is your church, and we praise you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Well, you may be seated, and uh, if you are using the church app, go on there. The notes are on there. You can just follow through and fill in. You know, family, I am I'm, uh, so grateful to the church for this awesome subject on back to basics. Now, if you and I were to go through our city, if we would walk through our city and just interview some people, whatever their background is, whether they are church people, whether they are non-church, whether they're not even Christians, and if you had to go through the city and ask them this question, what do you believe are the basic things Christians should do? I believe they'll answer you with one of the following three, if not all three of these would be the answer. I believe if you asked them that question, they would say to you, well, I believe Christians should read the Bible. Would you agree with that one? I believe that's what they would say. I believe if you asked them that question, they would say, well, I, I, I believe Christians should go to church. Right? I believe that would be an answer that they'd give you. The third answer I believe they'd give you is that I believe Christians should pray, right? I mean, I'm sure praying, reading the Bible, and going to church would be at least the answers you would get from any person if you surveyed them. And you know, there's one subject or one topic that is often overlooked, that is equally as important as those three. We don't often teach about it, we, we hear about it, but it's not something we cover enough, but yet it has the greatest impact on a Christian's life along those three, and that is the subject of fasting. We don't like to hear that one too often, right? But we speak a lot about the others, but that one is so important too. And you know, if I can be totally honest and transparent with you today, I'm grateful for this theme of Back to Basics, and I'll tell you why. It gave me an opportunity just to reflect on my Christian walk and say to God, God, what are the basics I'm missing out in? There's some things in my walk perhaps that I've overlooked a little bit that I used to do better than I'm doing today. And I must be honest with you as my family, fasting has been one of those. If I can be truthful with you today, I haven't done it as much as I used to. And so I want to come back to basics so I too can walk in the fullness that God has for me. You see, family, when I, as, a, as, a, as a, a believer, when we're a young believer, we just get into everything. And then sometimes we forget a few things that we should be doing. And I used to fast regularly. 
I used to fast one day every week, one full day every week, and then I'd go through times where I'd fast a little bit more, a little bit less. But to be honest with you, for, for the recent past, I haven't been as fasting as well as I should have. And so I'm grateful for this. So I can come back to that place where God wants us to be so we can walk in His fullness. So today, I'm going to break down fasting in a simple way. I'm not going to teach you a deep theological message on, on the subject, and there's great teachings on it. Let me just tell you, there are great teachings on it. But I want to break it down in simple steps, doing the following. I want to pose some questions, and then I'm going to do my best to answer them for you today. So we have a, ba a basic understanding of fasting as Christians. So we're going to go do that this morning. Are you ready? Well, the first question we want to answer is, what is fasting? Now, I suppose all Christians say, no, I fast. When I see food, I run very fast to get it. <laughs> that reminds me of a joke. Can I tell you a joke? Okay, let me tell you a joke. We all know Van, you know, Van Amerva. And so Van Amerva's driving really fast. He's driving really fast, and a traffic officer pulls him over and says, please stop, stop, stop. So he stops, and the traffic officer comes up to his car and says, can you please get out of the car? And the traffic officer notices, I think he's been drinking a little bit too much. So he says, excuse me, sir, what's your name? Oh, my name's Van. Okay, Van, have you been drinking? No, I haven't been drinking. So, Van, so the traffic officer says, okay, Van, we're going to have to do a breathalyzer test. So Van says, no, you can't do that. So the traffic officer says, why? He says, well, I'm asthmatic, you see, and if I breathe into that, I may have an asthmatic attack and I could do battle to breathe and die. So then the traffic officer says, okay, okay, no problem. We're going to have to do a blood test then. We'll do a blood test. So Van says, no, you can't do that. He says, why? He says, well, you see, I have a problem. My blood doesn't clot. I'm a bleeder. So if, I, if you take blood, I might bleed out and die, so you can't do that. So the traffic officer says, okay, come here, come here with me. You see this white line? I want you to walk on this white line, one step, one foot in front of the other. So Van says, no, I can't do that. So the traffic officer says, why not? He says, because I'm drunk. <laughs> anyway, getting back to fasting. <laughs> so what is fasting? Well, family, simply stated, fasting is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Fasting is a deliberate self-restraint from physical gratification, usually going without food for a period of time, to achieve a greater spiritual goal. Fasting is intentionally denying the flesh in order to gain a response from the spirit. It means renouncing the natural in order to invoke the supernatural. Who wants the supernatural in their life? We all do, amen. We want to walk in that, most definitely. And let me tell you, it's God's plan for you. God wants you to walk in that. So that really is a simple definition of fasting. Well, now that we know that, well, let me add to this. There are many people who, um, who fast perhaps uh, uh, TV or they fast social media or they fast something that they've been doing too much of. And there's nothing wrong with that. And obviously, it's good to do those things if, you're, if you have excess in it. If you really are stuck on social media too much, it'll be a good thing to fast that. But truthfully, from a scriptural point of view, the real definition is to go without food. That's really from a scriptural point of view. So you can do those things, and it's good to do that. And uh, we'll have a look at why later. But um, fasting is really to go without food. So here's the second question. Should all Christians fast? 
Is this just for the fivefold ministry? Is this just for the apostles, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists? Is it just for them? Is it just for the leadership of the church? Or is it for every believer? That's a good question. Well, let's have a look at that. Fasting should be a regular practice in the life of every disciplined Christian. It should be that. Something we do on a regular basis. You see, family, if we go to the Bible and to the history of Israel and the early church, we will find that fasting was a regular part of the life of God's people. Under the Old Covenant or the Old Testament, Israel was required by God to fast collectively at least once a year on the Day of Atonement and also on other occasions. There are also many records of individuals who fasted. Many of our Bible heroes, we see Moses fasted, David fasted, Elijah fasted, and in fact, Many of the kings of Israel led their people in fasting. In the New Testament, in the book of Acts, we have records of the early church fasting together in groups for special needs. And then particularly when they were sending forth apostles, but also when they were appointing elders in the local church. The early church would collectively fast and pray for God's guidance. And we all need God's guidance. Amen. So yes, the answer is every Christian should fast. Let me say this to you. There are some people that can't fast because of medical reasons. We understand that. Perhaps a person might be a diabetic and that could affect them. So, uh, or a pregnant mom, we don't want her to not feed the little one, right? So obviously there's reasons why people can't fast, but God understands that. And you'll see later on that we can actually stand in the gap for those people and fast on their behalf. So yes, fasting is for everybody and uh, we should all live a disciplined life of fasting. So here's the third question then. Now that I know what fasting is, I know that as a believer it's something that I should be doing, then what is the purpose of fasting? Why do we do it? Is there a purpose in fasting? Well, family, when we choose to fast, we must have an objective or a reason why we are fasting. What is it that you're fasting for? You must fast for something. Somebody once said this, if you aim at nothing, you can be pretty sure you'll hit it. If you aim at nothing, you can be pretty sure you'll hit it. So when you enter a fast, there must be reasons. You must be fasting for something, right? So there must be an objective when you decide to fast. You're fasting for a particular reason. Now, there are many good scriptural reasons for fasting, and we could spend most of the day going through all of them, but I just want to mention just four, just four today to give you an idea and to just direct you a little bit about that. And they're not in any order of priority but there are things that, that are important to us as believers. So one of the reasons, or the first one, is that fasting helps us to humble ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about when we talk about that person's a humble person. Oh, well, you know, Joe's such a humble person. He's so kind. He, he's never boastful. I'm not talking about that. Humility here is getting ourselves into a place where we submit it to God's plan and purpose. That form of humility, where we are open to God and led by Him. And David said this in Psalm 35, 13. He said this, I humbled myself with fasting. So fasting helped him to humble himself. You see, church, humility is not an emotion. It's not something vague. It is very specific. The Bible tells us that God will not humble us because in his word, he says we need to humble ourselves. We need to humble ourselves. We need to get ourselves into that place where we are submitted to His plan and purpose. He's never going to force His will upon you. You know that? God will never violate your will. He'll never do that. 
He won't get you to do something you don't want to do. Fasting helps us to get in line with Him so we can do His plan and purpose. That's what David had to do. David was in this part of his life, at this point in his life, he had done some crazy things. He was not where God wanted him to be. So he fasted in order to get himself back in line with where God wanted him to be. So fasting helps us to do that. When we fast with the right motives and in faith, we can humble ourselves. When we humble ourselves, God will exalt us. We see this principle throughout the Bible. Listen to this in Matthew 23, verse 12. It says, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. Abased means to be put down or to be lowered. So if I go around and say, I'm the man, it's all about me, look what I've accomplished. The Bible says I will be abased, I'll be put down. It goes on to say, And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Isn't that awesome? And in 1 Peter 5, 6, it says it this way, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. If you want anybody to exalt you, you want the Lord to do that. Amen? So when we live a fasted life or or go through a time of fasting, God is going to exalt you. It's His promise. He's going to lift you up. He's going to help you to accomplish that very thing that He's destined for you. So when we humble ourselves, we can be sure of this. God is going to exalt us. The second thing we can look at is that fasting helps us draw closer to God. Most definitely, it does that. And so, if I take on a time of fasting, I know I'm going to draw closer and closer to the Lord. James 4 uh, verse 8 tells us, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Fasting definitely gets you to draw near to God. There's no doubt about that. And so your relationship with Him will definitely get closer and better. The third reason, and this is a very important reason for many, many, many of us, is that Fasting helps us find God's will and receive direction for our lives. How many of us want that? We most definitely want that. I'm sure every person wants to know, Lord, am I doing what you've destined me to do? Am I running the race you've set before me? We all want that, right? Too many people say, I just don't know what to do with myself. I'm sure you've heard people say, hey, I've just got to take some time and go find myself. Have you heard that? Well, here's a quick tip. Just stand in front of a mirror and you'll say, hey, there you are. (laughs) But seriously, fasting will help you get God's direction in your life. You see, Ezra said this in Ezra 8.21. It says this, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Hava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from Him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. So God yeah, gave them direction. How did he, they do it? They fasted together to receive direction from God. And family, you might be in a place in your life today where you need that clear direction. You're not quite sure exactly what step to take. What is next for me? Commit to a time of prayer and fasting. And I can assure you, God will give you that direction. And then the fourth reason, and this is something that many people go through. A fourth reason is this is when we need God's help in a crisis, when a problem has come up that we can't handle in our own strength. How many times in your life are you facing a situation and you say, I don't know what else to do. My back is against the wall here. I've tried everything I know what to do. Many people have been there, right? Perhaps you received information or feedback from a doctor and the doctor says, we can do nothing more for you. That's a terrible news to get, right? 
Perhaps you've got loved ones who are in a similar situation. Their life's in a mess. There's nothing you can do in your own strength. When we're in that place, fasting helps us get to the breakthrough we need that we can never do with our own ability, never do with our own strength. And I know many people find themselves in that situation. It might be fam- financially, it might be family, it might be relationally, it might be physically, I don't know. But you're in a crisis. There's nothing more you can do. And fasting will give you that breakthrough. We can see an example of this family. If we read the Bible in Second Chronicles chapter 20, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to just summarize that chapter for you. And what happened here was that Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah found that they were facing an army that they could not defeat with their normal military methods. So they looked, they saw this uh, army, and they knew this. We are history. There is no chance. Sometimes you felt that. You've looked at the situation, you say, there's no way out. I'm sinking. That's a terrible place to be. They looked at that situation. They knew they were outnumbered. They didn't have a chance. Every effort and every bit of strength that they had was not going to do it. So if you've ever been in that situation, knowing, listen, I'm going down. That's not a good place to be, right? And Jehoshaphat, they realized, hey, listen, we have a problem. So this is what they did. They realized there's no way they could get out. So they humbled themselves before God. They gathered together, fasted, and prayed. Now that's important. Why is that important? Because if you fast and do not pray, it's called a diet. (laughs) You've got to have prayer with fasting because prayer is seeking the Lord, right? Fasting is humbling yourself. So they prayed and they fasted. Listen to this. This is awesome if you read that chapter. God is so amazing, family. They didn't have to use a single weapon. Not a single weapon. God totally defeated their enemies for them. Isn't that amazing? And you know that, that if, if you can be in a situation and you're so, you're so backed against the wall so much that there's nowhere out for you, yet God delivers you without you even having to lift up your hand? That's truly God. Amen? And so God did that for them. But here's the good news. Family, God has no favorites. God has no favorites. What he's willing to do for them then, he's willing to do for us now. He'll do the same for you. If we will just choose to do what they did and seek him the same way, God will do the same for you. And those are just four examples of how or things we do when we enter into fast. We have an objective. There are many, many more in the scriptures. There are people who fasted for their loved ones to come to the Lord. There are people who fast on behalf of others who can't. I just wanted to give you four today because there are many scriptural examples. So we've looked at what fasting is. We understand that all Christians should fast. We understand that when I enter a fast, I'm doing it for a purpose. There's a reason I'm fasting. We've looked at that. And then the next one is, how should I prepare for a fast? Now, this is not about the food because you ain't eating any. (laughs) It's not about preparing anything to eat. Family, this has to do with the attitude in which I approach fasting. How am I approaching it? Am I approaching, well, I just have to do this because if I don't, you know. No, what is the attitude of your heart when you approach God in fasting? This, family, has a great deal to do with whether the fast is successful or not. And church, we should always approach fasting with an attitude of faith. Believing, God, you're going to give me the victory, I believe it. That's how we need to approach it. For it is God's will for me to fast, and God will bless me when I do fast in accordance with His Word. You see, it's important for us to know that fasting and prayer is God's will, and it is clearly uh, uh, shown to us in the Scriptures. 
people who wait for a specific feeling or for a revelation to fast seldom get that revelation. Why? Because if you, if you um, are going to wait for, to do something that God's already told you to do, and going to wait for a feeling or a special revelation, you're not going to get it. God's telling us, pray and fast. It's an instruction from Him. And this is the thing. Those who wait for that revelation and those who wait to, to, to get the right feeling to do it, they miss out on the promises and purpose of God. You see, family, I believe that God will reward us in fasting if we seek Him with the right motives and in the right scriptural way. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said these words in Matthew 6 from verse 17. He says, but you, when you fast, let me stop there. Not if, when you fast. Jesus is expecting us to fast. He's waiting for the when. There must be the when in your life. I'm going to be doing it. He didn't say if you choose to fast. He said when you fast. So we should be doing it. He says when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. That simply means don't walk around all morbid. Look normal. Happy. Not, oh, I'm fasting, you know. Got to go through this. Woe is me. No. Be happy. Others don't need to see you fasting, right? He says, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. Listen to this. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Not might. He will. There's a promise. So if I fast, there's a reward. That's what Jesus said. When I fast, there's a reward. Jesus said, you will get it. He didn't say, I hope to. He said, you will get it. So there, there we see that. This is very clear, family. A clear promise from our Lord Jesus. If we fast the right way, with the right motives, God will reward us openly. However, however, there is a flip side to the coin. If we fail to fast, we are depriving ourselves of a reward. That's what we're doing. We're depriving ourselves of that specific breakthrough, that thing that we need. You see, church, God cannot give you the reward if you don't meet the condition. If the Lord says, if you do this, I'll do that. You need to do the this to get the that. <laughs> Isn't that so? And so that's what Jesus just said there. He gives us that instruction. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, God directs us on how we are to approach Him when we are seeking Him for help. Now listen to this. In Hebrews eleven six, you know it well. It says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. It doesn't say it's difficult. It says it's impossible. So faith means I believe you, Lord. Right? Simple terms, faith says I believe you. So I'm coming to God in faith, knowing He's going to give me the breakthrough. So I'm approaching Him that way. Because if I ever approach God in this attitude, I don't think I'm going to get it. You ain't going to get it. Because faith pleases God. Believing God pleases Him, right? God's greatest joy is to be believed. His greatest pain is to be disbelieved. You don't ever want to be disbelieved. Isn't that right? You want people to come up and say, oh, I don't believe you, Pastor Fulda. That's, that's, it hurts a person, right? Everybody wants to be believed. How much more God? God wants to be believed. So I'm saying that we need to approach God that. So it says, he, but, if, um, but without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. Remember that. Good God, bad devil. Never get that wrong. God is the rewarder. God gives, the devil takes. Very simple. So God is the one who rewards. And we can see from this verse that when we approach him 
we must approach Him in faith. And there's two important things here. The first thing is that we must believe that He is. In other words, that means we must believe, sorry, believe that He exists. God, you're alive. You exist. That's the first thing. And the second thing is when we approach Him, the second thing is that we must know that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You must believe there's reward. That's how faith works. Faith says something's on its way. So if I believe for that, I know it's coming. Because if you don't believe it's coming, there's no faith working, right? That's how faith is. So when I'm fasting, I go into this fast with the attitude, God's going to make this happen for me. And that's why I can thank Him and worship Him. Because it's on its way. So with, when we go into it, we can see that He de- will definitely reward us. That is a guarantee. It's not a warranty. <laughs> it's a guarantee. It's coming. That's what Hebrews says. So we can see that, that we prepare ourselves for fasting with the right attitude in faith, believing God to meet that thing that we're trusting for. Have you got that, church? Awesome. So let's look at the next one. How fasting works. How does fast really work? What is it? What does this do for me? Well, this is a very important part of everything over here. There are various ways in which fasting helps a Christian to receive direction and power from the Holy Spirit. But one of those ways is when fasting helps the Christian bring their body into subjection. Now, I'm going to get into this in a little bit more detail. But we must understand that the flesh always wants to do its own thing. The carnal man, I want to do this. I want that third slice of cake. <laughs> and the Spirit saying, it's not good for you. No, but I feel like it. Right? So we've got to remember this is very important. What did Paul say? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27, he says, But I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. I get it to do what it should. That's what he's saying. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. He says, I want to live a life pleasing to the Lord. So as I preach the message, I don't want to live contrary to it so that I disqualified what I've done. That's what he's saying, right? So many times people raise their hands in church, but they fight all the way home in the car. And that's a problem. That is a problem, family. And Paul is saying, I don't want my body, my emotions, my feelings to lead me. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. Romans tells us that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The Spirit is what needs to lead us. But sometimes we find that's difficult. So let's have a look. You see, church, our bodies, with their physical organs and appetites, make wonderful servants but terrible masters. Your flesh will never make a good master. The Spirit makes a good master. The flesh needs to serve. The Spirit needs to lead. But unfortunately, there are people whose flesh is leading and their spirit is serving. And this is the key. Whichever one you feed the most will lead. If you just make the flesh happy, I do what I want because I like it, the flesh will lead. But if you feed the spirit man, the real you, remember this, you are a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul. Your soul, your will, mind, and your emotion. The real you is the spirit. The body is just the tent or the vehicle the spirit drives around in. If you look after the tent more than the spirit, the tent will tell the spirit where to go. And you don't want it that way. You want it the other way. So, They make, this body will make a bad master. The spirit will make a good master. That is why it is necessary to keep them always in subjection. You want the body to listen. A preacher once said, my stomach does not tell me when to eat, but I tell my stomach when to eat. Wouldn't that be great? Most of us are led here. (laughs) Oh, it's lunchtime. How do you know? Because my stomach says so. 
(laughs) The stomach leads. But we want it the other way around. Each time a Christian practices fasting for this purpose, he's serving notice to his body. He's saying, you are the servant, not the master. And church, this is important because in Galatians 5, Paul shows that there is a direct opposition that exists between the Holy Spirit and the carnal man. And he says it this way in verse 17. He says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. They're in opposition. The flesh wants to do it like Frank Sinatra said. I want to do it my way. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. I want to do it my way. And the spirit says, no, but you need to do it God's way. But the flesh is too strong and we end up giving up and doing the thing we shouldn't do. Because the spirit, the spirit man's not strong enough. You strengthen the spirit man by fasting. You keep the flesh under. You see, fasting deals with these two great barriers to the Holy Spirit that are built by men's carnal nature. These are the stubborn self-will of the soul and the insistent self-gratifying appetites of the body. Correctly practiced, fasting brings both the soul and body into subjection to the Holy Spirit. It gets your body to do God's plan for your life. Listen to this statement. Listen to this. It's important to understand that fasting changes man, not God. Fasting changes man, not God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I need to change that I can line up with His plan so I can walk in my perfect plan which He's given me. And fasting helps us to do that, family. In Ephesians 3.20, Paul expresses the potential of prayer. He says this in Ephesians 3.20, Now, to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. What is this? Listen to this. That power that works in and through our prayers is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. By removing the carnal barriers, fasting makes a way for the Holy Spirit's power to work the exceedingly, abundantly above of all God's promises for you. That's what fasting does. It gets you to move into that area where you should be. And I want to encourage you today to choose to live a life of including fasting. Some place in your life, whether it's a meal a week, a a day a week, whatever it is, live a fasted lifestyle. I believe as believers, we'll have far more breakthrough if we do that, church. You know, I started off by telling you that I hadn't been fasting as much as I should have in my life. And I want to tell you this. For the past month, the staff here at Christian Family Church have been fasting every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for the last month. Why have we been doing that? For you. We've been fasting for you. We've been fasting for God's plan, for His kingdom, for this nation. We've been spending time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We come together. We don't have any meal. We have a dinner. We don't eat again. We come to church in the morning. We pray. We then go through the day. We come to lunchtime. We pray again. Then only after lunchtime prayer do we break our fast. And we start that cycle again the next day. And the next day, we've been doing that every week for the last month or more now, three days a week. Now, I want to invite you to come and pray with us. We, this week only, just this week only, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to lead prayer in the theater for one hour from six to seven. 
I'll lead tomorrow morning's prayer from one hour, six to seven. If you can fast, come along and fast. If you can't, come along and pray. We're going to pray. We're going to stand in the gap for you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to trust God to deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. Amen. Every morning, this week only. Praise the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. And we'll start off with some praise and worship. We'll then enter a time of prayer. And there's going to be a time we're going to be praying for you, church. So come along and join us if you can make it. If you can make it just for the prayer, come and pray. If you can make it for half an hour, come and pray. But if you can be there, we'll start sharp six. We'll finish sharp seven. And we're going to do that just this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in the theater. I'd love to see you there. And I believe if you can, together we're going to, we're going to move heaven and we're going to see God intervene on our behalf. Amen. Praise the Lord. I hope that helped you a little bit with fasting today. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.